following program is pre-recorded. Live from the Hope Center in Plano, Texas, this is Hope in the Night, late night talk radio offering biblical hope and practical help, and on the air now for over 25 years. I'm Jeff Oliver, here with author and speaker June Hunt. June, you are speaking uh, this coming Sunday at First Baptist Dallas on um, the How to Handle Your Emotions series. It's a series of nine uh, sessions there with a different one each time, a different emotion that you're covering each week. And uh, so this is uh, right in the middle of that series of, of uh, lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, it's the, this week, uh, let me tell people how they can get it. Uh, first of all, they can join by Zoom if they're not in the area or can't come to the First Baptist Dallas uh, to, to see that, to be live there. They can do it by Zoom. Find all the information on hopefortheheart.org slash events. Now, what you are talking about this week is it almost sounds like a great diet plan. But (laughs) (laughs) you called it something about guilt-free living. So explain that. Well, it's not about a diet, (laughs) but but who knows? It could be. Um, Well, I'm going to be covering a number of different aspects of guilt. But I want to mention one, and that is... Because I can remember when I knew I should feel guilty, I I knew what was wrong, but I had no conviction about it, um, and it was lying. Um, now, what do you do if you know something's wrong, and yet you know you don't have conviction, uh, and, and you are doing it, whatever it is? Um I suggest first acknowledging the truth that you have ongoing patterns and or an ongoing pattern uh, and you know it's wrong. It is called sin, but that within itself is a significant step. Then turn that into a prayer. Turn that truth into a prayer. Lord, May I see my sin as you see it. May I hate my sin as you hate it. The reason, by the way, see, I'm telling you what I did. I did not hate it. Um, I justified lying because, first of all, when I grew up, I was in a situation where I had a fictitious last name. I knew how to fill out forms for school. I was told what to do. And I knew it wasn't true. So I started out uh, compromised in that way. Uh, anyway, so I, I literally had to, after I became a Christian, and I still didn't feel guilty about this, I asked God to help me, help me feel the guilt I need in order to turn from my sin. That is one of the steps. Um, help me see when my heart has been hardened. Help me face the wounds in my past to receive your healing. Thank you for removing the guilt of my sin when I confess it. Empower me to walk in victory over this sin through your supernatural strength. And realize if you're doing what is right, you are where you need to be. Listen to this in uh, 
Genesis 4, verse 7. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It's desire. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. That's really significant. This is in just the fourth chapter of the entire Bible. Genesis 4, verse 7. I'm going to read it again. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. The point is, God intends for us to have, I call it good guilt. Yes, guilt can be good. Mm -hmm. Why? The way I say it, and Jeff, you've heard me say this uh, several times, if you're headed on a one-way street, yes. but the wrong way, mm. I don't know how long you can be successful doing that without having a head-on collision. And the point is, we can value knowing we're headed the wrong way. I think... I'm assuming every driver has experienced all of a sudden you do a turn and you have no idea it's a one-way street and you all of a sudden you hear see all these either headlights heading your direction and that's not a good thing. Uh, it is helpful to know when we need to turn. Well, repentance means not just keep going the same direction you're going, it is a turning. It's a change of mind with a change of direction. So if you have guilt, thank God for it. God, I need... In fact, that's one of the roles of the Spirit of God, is to convict us. Why? Just to be mean to us, to hurt us? No. It's so that we will literally turn and head the right direction. And this is why I said... you. And this was my prayer. Lord, may I see my sin as you see it. May I hate my sin as you hate it. Help me see when my heart has been hardened. Help me feel guilty, the, the guilt I need, in order to turn from my sin. We can help you with our keys on guilt. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. 
Would you like to talk to June Hunt about a situation in your life? Consider having that conversation on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night and let June help you discover practical help that's grounded in God's truth. Your story will be heard on all of our radio affiliates. And of course, we protect your privacy by providing you with a different name. And as it happens often in our program, when you share your story, you might help someone else find biblical hope and practical help for their life. It's ministry multiplied. For an opportunity to talk with June Hunt on Hope in the Night about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or some other concern in your life, call 800-917. That's 800-644-4817. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call tonight. 800-917. 800-644-4817. Welcome back to Hope in the Night. I'm Jeff Oliver, and uh, we want to help you, and we want to help you help others. Our customer support team is available at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'd be happy to help guide you to God's hope through our resources. If there's something you're dealing with and you'd like some input on that, you'd like some of our materials, just talk to them and they'll be happy to recommend some of those to you. I want to mention one of our Keys for Living is Jim was just talking about the topic of guilt. We have Keys for Living called Living Guilt-Free, and that's available by calling customer support at 800-488-HOPE. They'll be happy to order that for you. Again, the number 800-488-4673. If you'd like to speak with June about that situation or something else that's going on in your life, and do that on a future broadcast of Hope in the Night, we have uh, a number for you to call. We'd love to hear from you at 800-NIGHT-17. That's 800-N-I-G-H-T-1-7. And when you call, you'll leave a message for us. We'll get back to you as soon as possible and talk to you about being on an upcoming Hope in the Night. That number again, 800 night 17 800-644-4817. Let's get to our caller for tonight. We have listening on KKLA in California. Tonight we welcome Janet. Hello, Janet. Welcome to Hope. Hi, Janet. Hi, Hi. How can we help you? Uh, June, I have very big issue with my firstborn daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, uh, uh, she was born in 1975, so that will make her like 47-year-old, um, something okay. like that. Yes. Um, she lived with me until she was nine years old, and we had I had two daughters then. We had the best mother-daughter's relationship. And uh, I have always been known since childhood that I'm a child lover. Um, I love children so much that I actually uh, asked my husband to bring my younger sister, who was 15 years younger than me, the United States when we got married and we then adopted her. Mm. Um, that was because my mother and father were just not capable of being parents. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay. that's a whole different issue. So 
then after that, then the, the day my sister came to the United States, she was 12 years old. Four days later, my daughter that I am speaking with you about her, Anahi, she was born. And then uh-huh. uh, two and a half years later, my younger daughter, Pearl, was born, who passed away in 2002 at age 24 from over drug overdose. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah. Um, I, it just seems like as many kids that I have helped or been very close with, these things to happen in, in my own family is totally unbelievable. I don't mm. understand it. It's just like a big question. Why? How? So mm-hmm. we were divorced uh, when my daughters were seven and five years old. And my ex-husband really, really was a family man. And uh, he was very upset that he's not going to have the family anymore. And, of course, he was the one who wanted the divorce. Um, uh-huh. So I promised him, uh, I said, look, um, you love the children, I love the children, but these are two girls. I'm not going to let a five-year-old away from me. It's too, she's too young. I would mm-hmm. wait at least she's seven years old. When she's seven, both girls can come with, to you in the summertime for one month. And he was in military, so he was not in Colorado where we were living at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he went to Germany, actually. He was stationed in Germany. Or, I'm sorry, at that time he was stationed in Texas or somewhere. So mm-hmm. by the time the, girls, the younger one was seven years old, that is two years later, I sent both of them for one month over there. And actually he came and picked them up. And my younger one was really kicking, kicking, because she did not want to go. And that was such a terrible scenery for me to watch, how she did not want to go, and I was forcing her to go, because I was thinking more of the dad than thinking of the children. Could, could you explain um, why he, you told me he divorced you? What was the reason he divorced you? I'm embarrassed to say. Well, I'm just trying to help deal with reality. I lied to him when we got married. Okay. I lied to him that I lo- I lied to him that I loved him. I just wanted to get married and get out of the country I was born. Mm. Okay. So. We call it, he was like my ticket out. Yes, got it. Now, later, later, I would have stayed with him if he was the kind of a man I was hoping to be, which he was. He Actually, if I had the knowledge and experience I have today, I knew how to talk to him to help him so he would have change of mind because he loved me dearly. Mm. And but, but I back then we had started you cannot control people. Actually I don't think it was an issue of control. I could tell him, look, 
if you don't do these things, I really cannot stay to be your wife. Mm-hmm. You have to do these things. So it, it will be acceptable for me because this is the kind of a man I'm looking for. And I think he would have listened if he would knew how serious I was. So anyway, <clears throat> that when I told him, and I was so crazy because of my own parents was one reason that I wanted to run away from that house. <clears throat> that I told him, I got married to you because I decided to run away from my house, I run away from that country. And right there, he was Catholic. He went to the <clears throat> priest and said that he believed the <clears throat> the wedding should be annulled. Okay. So we got the divorce. And then, like I said, because he was a nice man, I just could not let the children be with him. And that was, I guess, my second mistake. By letting the daughters, my daughters went for one month, and then when they came back, then I had promised him they would first first year they would come for one month. After that, when Vera is past seven years old or eight years old, I would send both of them for one year to be with you. One year. During that one year, I'm sorry. You said one year. Is that? Yes. So the first time was one month. The yes. next year, the following year, I sent both of them, and I promised that I would not tell them to send them back to me for one year. Now, I had the legal custody. The Actually, I believe it was full legal custody, because he wasn't even in where I was, where the kids were. So um, when they both went for one year, my younger child was miserable. And then <clears throat> I think I told him that he has to send her back. He didn't. So I went over there and picked them, picked her up myself. Um, and then my older one always wanted to stay with her dad. Um, then during but she stayed there until 15, 16 years old. And during these five, six years, it was like a crazy game of sending the younger one back and forth because she was missing her sister. And then going there, she couldn't stand her dad. She would come back. Anyway, that was the problem, but I never had any issues with my older daughter, except that this crazy separation. Um, But now, anyway that I want to talk to her, to say how much I love her, she says, you're a liar. And then she starts cussing me, calling Mm. me names, and he did the same to her dad. Because her dad was actually, according to my daughter, beating her up. And my older daughter was never the kind of a person that one would beat her up because she was so disciplined. It was like it was in her nature to be disciplined. And she was always so organized. And she always was so polite. So I don't know what it would, she would be doing that he would actually take the belt 
and beat her up. But then she wanted to run away at age 15-something. But when she came back, she said she didn't want to stay with me. And I'm guessing during the years that she was there, he had totally brainwashed her. He was in the military, and they just know how to brainwash the soldiers. So I believe he hated me so much, which I don't blame him. Uh, but he didn't need to muddy the girl's brain, their mm-hmm. mind. So now any language I speak with her, she doesn't see it my way. And she just says, like she says, you hit me all the time. And I have only hit her butt one time when two sisters were fighting. They were like four and six years old. One time. He says, you always beat me up. Oh. And then, lately, she sent me two books. One book, it's about her, uh, tema or something, that she says she's been diagnosed with personality disorder. And then the other book, it's about bad mothers. And she says, you are all of these mothers in this book. Like the mother which are narcissistic, mothers, and all kind of five different types of mothers. And she says, you're all of them. And I didn't even want to read that book, but the psychology friend told me to read it and respond to her. Because Mm -hmm. she said, read this and respond to me. And I said, I'm not going to read it because I'm none of them. Uh, she said, well, then I will not talk to you unless you read them. So then I read them and I responded to her about 50 pages of response mm. to her, to what I read. Yes. In that response, I had positive how I took care of my sister, just to show what kind of a mother I have been. And she just zeroes them all. I don't even know if she read them. But I said so many things that showed what I have done, copies of the letters that I sent to her and to her sister when they were together in Florida or Germany. And she just doesn't look at it at all. So I'm okay, so you. What I, what I want to understand, though, is she just tremendously disrespectful to you. Let's come back and talk about this and why. We have an exciting opportunity to share with you to help bring light into one of the darkest areas of the country, into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. Rikers Island is home to 10,000 inmates and is known as one of the harshest prisons in the country. The prison chaplain told us that he was holding back tears because the inmates were so hungry and grateful to receive books filled with hope and truth. It was a direct answer to years of prayer, and the transformation was so great that they got a baptistry so that the inmates could be baptized. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more life-changing biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. 
June Hunt and the Ministry of Hope for the Heart have an exciting new resource to encourage you and equip you to help others. It's called the Care and Counsel Library, and it's available at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. The Care and Counsel Library has 50 topics in 10 volumes with clear answers from God's Word and practical solutions to real-life issues. It is the culmination of decades of ministry from the compassionate, relevant guidance of June Hunt. This library includes volumes such as Grief and Loss, Abuse and Trauma, Depression and Suicide, and more. These are excellent training tools for counselors, life coaches, or anyone who wants to grow in biblical wisdom to address the real issues of life. Learn more and get the Care and Counsel Library at hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. That's hopefortheheart.org slash ccl. Welcome back. I'm Jeff Oliver, and you are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. This is a ministry of Hope for the Heart, and we'd like to thank you for your prayers and support of this ministry. If you have questions about this topic or any number of topics, we have over 100 keys for living that will help you to address what's going on in your life. Just call our customer support team at 800-488-HOPE. And they're available Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. They'll help you access the resources that you need. Their number again, 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. If you would like to get some of our resources that maybe you've heard something here that piqued your interest, that we have keys for living on the topic of forgiveness called Releasing You is Freeing Me. Also, Reconciliation, Rebuilding the Broken Relationships. And just contact customer support for those, 800-488-HOPE. Also, look at our website. If you'd like to peruse all the titles there, you can go to hopefortheheart.org slash store and find all the keys for living there. They're being updated all the time, so you can take a look at those. Many of them have undergone revisions, and so they're, they're up to date. And you can see there what might be uh, helpful for you. Let's get back to our conversation now with Janet. Okay, Janet, let me verify. Uh, I know that you had two daughters, and you indicated that, uh, well, one of them in particular is 47 now. And uh, it sounds as though you have very different stories about what really went on um, in in her life and I understand um, first it, it you know it's like you allowed after the divorce with your husband which he got he's the one who initiated the divorce uh, then you were willing to let the two girls well first the older daughter uh, to be there with him for one month, and then it was you had said that he could be have uh, them for one year. Is that correct so no, far? Both of them, both of them went for one month, but the younger one was not happy. Was very upset. Right, she wanted to come back. To yes, they both went together. Okay, all right. So they both did it, and then. Uh, the next year, did am I correct that they both went for a year to be with him? Yes. Okay. Yes, but the younger one, 
I had to go bring her back because she was just saying, I want to come back. You said she was back. miserable. I so I did, yeah. yes. yes. Okay. Uh, so the older one wanted to stay uh, with yes. her dad. And how yes. were you about that? How did you feel about that? Well, I had promised that she would stay one year. And plus, yes. the older one, she was very towards men since she was nine months old. I, would, mm -hmm. I never understood that, how she would be so close to men mm -hmm. women. Like if my sister was holding her, and then her husband would say, hey, Annette, she would just jump in his lap and leave my sister. Mm -hmm. Or any okay. time there was, if he was, a man was holding and a woman would say hi, she would just stay in his arms. Okay. But if it's okay. a woman, she would go towards men. So, she, and then she always played with boys. Okay. All and right. And these two sisters were never playmates. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, because normally sisters play, and you actually indicated they were like two years apart. But um, yes. so uh, normally kids play with their sibling, you know, especially when they're of closer age. So that's interesting. Um, so it am I understanding that, that she appears to have turned against you? Is this correct? Okay, why? Do you know why? What, what did she say? not. She actually, in her character, she hardly likes people. Most of them she doesn't like. And right now she's an activist, and she uses mm. the worst vocabulary on Facebook. And one time I told her, I said, your daughter is going to see the words that you're using. Mm. And I think she quit using those words for a while, but then after that she cut me off her Facebook. But still, she... I think she keeps her daughter now off of Facebook because she used to throw so much picture over there. Mm -hmm. um, so I think she kind of listens to me and stopped using some of the vocabulary. But again, when it comes to fighting about what she's doing as an activist, she has a terrible mouth. That's just what she likes, how she likes to be. Okay, so she uses crude language. Is that safe to say, yeah. crude or uh, vulgar language? Would yeah. it be that? Yeah. Okay. All right, yeah. and so uh, you're not aligned, apparently. You're, you, you don't approve of the kind of language. Um, so it sounds like she's, could, could we say she's an angry person? Is that what you would say? Very, very, very angry. angry. Okay. Now, is her and anger... someone told me she's hoarding, she's hoarding hate towards me. So no matter what I said, I'm not going to say anything nice that you would like. Everything that nice I say, she would turn it around and just make it the opposite. Like I said, I loved her so much. She says, you always hated me and you always beat me up. Mm. And I go, well, where did that come from? And I said, I always wanted to pay for your college fees, but you didn't even want to look at it. She says, you let me be hungry and you never fed me. 
I mean, she's coming up with things that I'm saying, is this personality disorder that she has been blinded now? So what you're saying is it's not true at all what she's saying, but, but she's making accusations that are untrue. Is that correct? Unfortunately, 100% correct. Oh, I'm so, so sorry. Like, is she, does she have the brain to know what she's doing? Well, she's 47, so I would think she has uh, skills. And um, apparently, uh, by the way, anger can be very empowering. Those There are a lot of people who use anger at, to control others. That's the negative part. Now, the Bible says, be angry but do not sin, meaning you can be angry over injustice. And uh, even Jesus was angry about injustice. But this is a very different thing that you're talking about. You're talking about, sounds like she attacks. Is that safe to say that she attacks either you or attacks people? But not physically, but no, I, uh, no, I didn't mean I didn't mean that. I meant with her words. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, continue. One time she she was on the phone forty five minutes, and she was only screaming, yelling, and calling me names. So mm. I just put the phone away. Uh huh. So, how long has she been this way? I say the second year. She was away from me. In other words, second time she went when she was like 12 years old or 11 years old, something like that. And once she was there for two years, she came here for Christmas time. But then at Christmas time, she says, Mom, I want to go back to Dad. I said, mm -hmm. okay, honey, if that's what you want, you will go to your dad. I'm not going to force you to stay with me if you want to be your, with your dad because he's a good dad. Why not? Okay, honey. So I sent her back. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't remember any of this conversation, how I sent her back. And then, once she went back, I think she realized that she's going to always stay with him. So at that time, I'm guessing, he must have started saying all kind of bad things about me. Yeah, you were indicating like she was brainwashed. Is that right? You're, that she was brainwashed? I, I think. And I oh. think it was that time. And then he had HIV positive. I think he was losing his mind. So then mm. he started becoming brutal. So she was already hating me because she had, he had brainwashed her. And now he's becoming awful. I think all these mess, messed up her mind. Mm. And I have told her many times, I would pay for your counseling. Let's go counseling together, and you can have counseling on your own, and I will have counseling on my own. But let's do this together. She would mm -hmm. not respond. Mm. And of course, she's totally against God. She's a total atheist. Uh, atheist, okay. Total hmm. atheist. And the letter that I sent your email to you, which is saying your God, Bernie or whatever, do to you, 
she's only saying God because she knows I believe in God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, I did get what you sent me um, just Unfortunately, it was just for the program because I wasn't where I had my. I was I wasn't at my office until um, I was in my other office, so I just got this. But I, I did. I did have a chance to preview this, and obviously, she's very, very angry. And uh, I sent you two. I sent you two letters. The yes. first one, which was copy of her email. The second one was information that I thought to provide to you, so you kind thank of have you. a background story. Yes, thank you. Well, so your question for me is? Uh, how difficult is personality disorder? How is it possible that she could see that I honest when I say I love her? Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, every time during this, since she was nine years old, now 47, almost 30 years, during these 30 years, every time she has come to me, like every several years only, it's been when she needed money. So this time, she always said, I don't want your house. I don't want anything to do with you. You can throw your money to the, your churches if that's what you think they should get it. Um, I don't want anything to do with you until her baby was born five years ago. Mm. And by the way, the father of the child apparently is a schizophrenia. Ah, okay. Schizophrenic, yes. And, yeah, so I don't even know <laughs> what could that be for the child. I was told he's going to be a good dad until she's a little girl. And after that, the girl will not even know this is a father. Hmm. Okay. Well, you're asking... So, <laughs> um, at that wh- time, when she, has, she has no money to pay rent. She has no money to eat food and she has a child. Now she came back to me, set your houses and send me the money right away. And ah. we are in California. The government is totally against the landlords. And my house is rented. I cannot just sell it. And plus, I don't know if she can handle money. Because she never had money. Mm. Mm. Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me to proclaim good news to the poor and to proclaim freedom for prisoners. The Lord came to set captives free, and He calls us to do the same. Hope for the Heart has an exciting opportunity to help bring the light of God's Word into the lives of those in prison. Thanks to our generous supporters, we were recently able to send 6,000 of June Hunt's books and biblical resources to Rikers Island Prison in New York City. The prison chaplain told us the whole atmosphere changed with the inmates because light was finally coming into the darkness. The supply of resources was a direct answer to years of prayer, and many inmates have given their lives to the Lord. It's a truly remarkable story of hope, and it's all possible because of generous friends like you. If you would like to help send more biblical resources to prisons around the country, you can give online today at hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope. That's hopefortheheart.org forward slash give hope.
As we each solve the puzzle that is our life, we often have questions we can't answer. Usually, they're little nagging questions, but sometimes they're larger. So large, in fact, the answer or even the question itself can have life-changing consequences. June Hunt believes the best answers to these tough questions come from God Himself, and He's given us those answers in the Bible. For more than 20 years now, June has helped callers find these biblical answers and apply them to their lives. You can talk with June on her radio program, Hope in the Night, about an issue, a hurt, a relationship, or another concern in your life. Call 800-NIGHT-17. And remember, there are no hopeless situations, only people who have grown hopeless. There really are biblical solutions for all of life's struggles. Don't wait. Call now, 800-644-4817. You are listening to Hope in the Night with June Hunt. I'm Jeff Oliver. We'll get back to our caller in just a moment. If you have questions or concerns about the topics on the program tonight, just call our customer support team. That's 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central. They'll help you access the right resources. And uh, our keys for living I'm recommending tonight called Anger, Facing the Fire Within. Uh, that is available as you call customer support. Just talk to them about that or whatever resource uh, might be of interest to you, whatever would help you in your situation, or maybe as you help someone else who you care about and can provide them some resources. Just talk to our customer support team. That's 800-488-HOPE, 800-488-4673. If you prefer to email them, you may do so at hope for the, excuse me, at customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Ask any questions you have regarding topics and resources resources discussed in tonight's program. Again, that's customer support at hopefortheheart.org. Back now to our conversation with Janet. Well, my friend, um, I, I hurt that literally, I'm talking about I hurt for you that your daughter is so accusatory of you and that she changes the facts and um, I understand that you think the dad, really, um, your ex-husband, that he he poisoned the well of her mind. That um, and and I think you're indicating that you believe that he turned her against you, and that can happen. Um, now, let let's talk about what is your role here. It's very difficult when there is rage. Uh, sure. Can I ask one other thing? Certainly. Just, uh, one issue was that the dad brainwashed her against me, but the other issue which I think caused on his anger was that when she was a little girl, she was very disciplined child without me disciplining her. And she was very organized. Like she would put everybody's shoes in the closet, first men's night shoes, and then walking shoes, and then the sleepers, and then the woman's high heel shoes. You know, the way she would do at two years old, you would think mm-hmm. an adult had ordered them wow. in mm-hmm. such a nice manner. And then 
then again, her character was always sweet and smiling and always friendly with friends. All the boys will come and say, hey, honey, George did this to me, Jack said this, Alex did this, and Anahid will talk to them and put them all together mm-hmm. and they will go back playing. Interesting. And so this was her character. It was mm-hmm. based on her character that when she said, I want to live with that, I said, she knows what she wants. I'm not going to tell her no. Mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself. So I said, sure, honey, if that's what you want, I will send you to, to stay with your dad. But he was a character that he always wanted the women to wear sexy clothes. Like I would wear always a sexy top or sexy dress, and he would love oh. it. And then he would force my daughter to wear feathery top or prom or something. And that's just not my honest character. He's more like a tomboy. He does not like that feathery or pinky uh, Cinderella kind of a dress. Right. And he would force her to wear those things. In the meantime, he would start beating her up. I think her little mind that she trusted men since she was nine months old so much, she got all confused in her brain. Mm-hmm. Something went wrong over there. She could not make sense of the reality. And she was too young to understand her dad is not all that good. Okay. And her mom is not all that bad that he's telling she's bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I thought so, that. Okay, so he wanted her to dress sexy. And she did not. Uh, that wasn't really her. She was more of a tomboy. But still, yes. he did force her to do certain things. Okay. Yes. Got it. Um, like those family pictures and stuff like that. He had to wear special dress that he approved of. Uh-huh. Okay. And she is living uh, where at this time? In a certain country? Well, maybe in Massachusetts. Okay, so it's in the States. Okay, okay. So uh, let's talk about the one thing that you have the ability to do, and that is whatever you do on your side, you can't make her be a different person. You you said she's an atheist, um, and... But but this is my one thing to start with. We look at what responsibility do we have, like if there are spe- any specific things, this is important, anything that you think, I was wrong here. Um, this is something that I personally do. I look at my relationships and, was, you know, was I wrong is there anything I need to ask forgiveness for where you say, I do want to just say this, and you state where you have been wrong, and then you ask the question, would you be willing to forgive me? Now, are there any, are there any specifics that you can think of? And let me tell you why you do this. If 
if there is something that she is thinking of, that she's holding against you, because there is this rage that she has with very um, coarse language and, of course, not, not being a believer at all. But the point is, if she is thinking of something or several somethings, if you do not address it, that becomes huge. And I, I am not thinking what that might be, if there is something. But I'm just saying, this is something for you to do, because the Bible says, if someone has something against you, go and make it right between the two of you. The point being that you at least, it's not that you can make it right, but at least you could address anything that comes to mind where you think, oh, I should have done this instead. So first of all, does anything come to mind right now? Let's, let's mention what, what that could be in regard to her. What? Is there anything that you feel you have done wrong? The only, the only thing I have done wrong, or actually two things, is, of course, all of them come from my frustration when, at one time, she punched the wall and put a hole in a place that I was renting. And mm. I had hardly any money to do any extra, and here I had to fix that. So at that time, I took a shoe and beat her. That was the second time I, I beat her. And of course, it, it wasn't anything hard that I would hurt her, but it was a beating. And if she, that's when she says, you always beat me. And then at that time, maybe it was that same day, I called her, you are Hitler. You are like a Hitler. Or I made, I made her equal to Hitler. Okay. And so basically, one... The thing that I need to say I am really wrong is I also get angry. But then mm -hmm. I don't know how not to get angry. I mean, I understand. Uh, be angry, but don't sin. But uh, I'm human. Mm -hmm. With what she's doing and losing a child, and she can never accept that the sister that she died was very close to me. Yes. To her. I was like the best mom. In fact, he sent me cards. I kept all of them and make a Aww. picture of them and send it to my daughter. Say, look, this is what your sister was telling me. Why are you saying she didn't love me? Uh. And she, she just never responded. It's like the person said, she's only holding hate towards you. No matter what you say, she doesn't see it. So I took pictures to show yes. her. So uh, then I get angry. So I, to answer your question, my getting angry and raising voice is one thing. But I say, honey, I'm sorry for getting angry. But then you can go ahead and call on the phone for almost an hour. Just cuss me out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's clearly wrong on her part. But what we're talking about is only your part. And because... Sometimes when someone has all this anger, if you, and I'm going to suggest that you do that for you to write down 
anything that she could hold against you. Because once you address it, and you could say, I said this, I, in retrospect, I wish I had not, and I ask you your forgiveness, I hope you will forgive me. Now, she may not forgive you, but at least you've done your part. And But you go from one to the next, you know, however many things you can think of. And one of the things you want to do is pray ahead of time and say, Lord, would you bring to my mind anything I need to ask my daughter's forgiveness for? And put it into my mind, and then I will act on it when it's it's possible. And so, what what do you see? What I'm saying, if if she's holding June, something honestly, against you, honestly, 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 the, calling her Hitler was the only wrong thing I have done to her. Okay, okay. The anger. Uh, I think she will expect me to get angry because after all she sees how much she screams at me. And yes. even when I am angry, I'm not saying something stupid. I'm just saying stop calling me names. And then I might raise my voice and say, stop it, stop it, and I would let her raise my voice. Mm -hmm. Even when I'm angry, I am not saying anything to hurt her feeling. I'm not saying you are whatever that I have now have a lot of names, I can call her, but I don't never tell her those things. I am so careful what I say. Well, you're being wise. And the thing is, uh, the thing is, when she says you have beaten me, I don't know what to say. I say, no, yeah. I have not. Yes, you have. No, I have not. Yes, you have. There's, there's nothing more to go. So there's yes, nothing I, I, I can you. say. Well, this is the only thing that I'm saying is if, if even if it's just the Hitler, I understand because she was yeah. acting like uh, she could be very strong and um, because I have read what she has written to you, which is highly uh, offensive and yet I'm just thinking what the first thing you do is just evaluate what do I need to ask forgiveness for and then whether she accepts it or not you have done what is right in God's sight okay uh, she's yes. very now she's very much out of control and you can't make her be in control uh, but she's using this language for a reaction as you said she's an activist uh, just continue to pray for her we will send resources out to tonight's caller, and we do that free of charge because of your generous support of this ministry. If you're interested in those materials, we have Keys for Living on Forgiveness called Releasing You is Freeing Me, also Anger, Facing the Fire Within. You may order resources for yourself at 800-488-HOPE anytime Monday through Friday, 8 to 5 Central Time. And our materials and recent programs are available at hopefortheheart.org. Also find our programs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Until next time, for June Hunt, I'm Jeff Oliver saying you hang on to hope.